Welcome to Ministry Strong with Lisa Whittle, where ministry matters so much that a co-host and I have conversations to help strengthen and encourage ministry leaders to serve Jesus with integrity for the long haul, and we don't shy away from the tough issues about culture and the church. Okay, Joel, so I I, want to give full disclosure here. You and I are not sitting across from each other like we were for the rest of the shows because we have to re-record this show. And we just prayed together for a few minutes. And I prayed for God to realign my heart in that because we we recorded all these shows together and we had such an incredible time of just synergy across the table. Now we're on video doing this, looking at each other. <laughs> I told you, I don't even remember what we talked about when we recorded this show for the first time. We had a corrupted file. There was nothing we could do about it. Had to re-record. But I'm in a different place recording this now than I was, I don't know, three months ago when we recorded it. And I don't know what that means. I trust God in this. Are you in a different place talking about burnout and boundaries even than you were when we talked three months ago? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the one thing that we can, I think, say for sure, uh, Lisa, is that life doesn't stop. And I think for the both of us, and I think for so many ministry leaders, it just feels like life is speeding up. It's going faster than ever before. Um, and so even in my voice, even in my tone, I probably want to sound a little bit different from the, the other, the other episodes we did. Cause it was exciting. We're together. We're across uh, the table from each other. It was an exciting new project that we we're working on. Um, and so I, I do think, um, we prayed before this and, um, I think you said something that was so important that just, you know, um, that this is probably exactly what God needed for us to do, you know, and this is exactly the conversation that was necessary, um, not just for you and I, but I think for all of our friends that are listening in, but I know for sure for my heart, um, because burnout is a real, it's a real thing, you know? And so unfortunately I'm not coming, uh, from any place of, um, of expertise in this. Yeah. I'm just a fellow, a fellow sojourner on uh, trying to figure out why the heck do I find myself in these seasons of burnout um, when I feel like I've done all the right things, you know, and I'm yes. still like, dang, this stinks, you know? Yes. You know, when you're talking, I'm resonating with what you're saying because, well, first of all, I, you know, when I talk to other, with other people serving Jesus, right? Because we're all, we're all in ministry in some way. If we're a follower of Jesus, we're serving Jesus. Hopefully, I mean, at least that's the goal. I, it, there's just this collective weariness that I sense, that I feel, that we voice even, right? We're talking to each other and it's like, I'm weary, I'm tired, I feel burnout. I, 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 I guess I used to talk to people and we would, we would have that conversation now. It's almost like it is the predominant conversation that comes up. And so I'm, I'm entering here today and I like to enter conversations feeling in a place of strength. What I'm not doing is, is that today. I feel like <laughs> I'm entering this conversation in a place of vulnerability and, and weakness. And we know from scripture, okay, well, that's the time when, you know, Christ's strength is made perfect in our weakness. We know that we, we will quote that scripture to each other all the time, 
right? If I, if I texted that to you or to another friend in ministry, they would text that verse back to me. But yet for ourselves, we, we still don't like to be in that place of vulnerability because we get often, we are in a seat of strength in ministry where we're quoting that verse to other people. And so I do think it gets to the point where, uh, you know, the Lord, the Lord, I don't know the word that comes to my mind, Joel is delights in, in not that he wants to see us in a place of burnout. Please don't hear me say that because I think that leads to a lot of things, but delights in when we open our palms up finally and say, Lord, I'm coming to you in utter weakness. I was thinking about burnout too. Here's the thing that I've noticed about burnout, Joel, is that it, it is sneaky. It comes on slowly. This is my observation. Burnout comes on slowly, but it shuts things down almost immediately. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, like things, things all of a sudden you're in red alert status, like SOS. We're, we're shutting things down like right away. Yeah, I think um, I think burnout. I think you've heard the phrase "the tyranny of the urgent." You know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. there is always this sense that we're just working and we're just doing, and we've got to. You know, I was actually doing a small little stint as kind of supply preaching um, for a local church here, and for the first time in a long time, I had that 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 daunting feeling that Sunday is always coming. You know, mm. and if Sunday is always coming then there's a new message, there's new research, there's new study, there's there's more prayer, there's more uh, utter aware of my weakness, you know, that is present. And so I think because we get caught up in that tyranny of the urgent, that uh, burnout becomes this um, this companion that is um, kind of hitching hitching a ride with it. Actually, you know, it's really funny. I can't believe I'm going to do this, but I'm going to. I'm rereading Lord of the Rings right now. And I just <laughs> got past this section um, where Frodo and like the, the, the fellowship, like these nine, you know, they're going out and they're in the river. And, uh, as they're going in the river, Sam looks back and he realized there's this little companion that's following them, these two little eyes, but, um, the companion is almost hidden and they can only mm-hmm. see that this person every now and then randomly. And as soon as they see, it's like the, it hides and, you know, and it's like, like, what the heck, what is going on? What is this little, little companion? And then Aragorn is finally like, oh guys, yeah, that's, that's Gollum. In fact, um, Gollum has been following us this whole time, and I've been trying to catch him, but I can't catch him. He's he's sneaky. He's got this sneakiness about him, you know? And we yeah. were talking about this. I was like, you know what? Burnout is kind of like Gollum. <laughs> he's this <laughs> little, like, you know, creature that um, that is chasing after us. And if we're not careful, and I remember Sam uh, at one point, he says, uh, you know, he calls Frodo Mr. Frodo. He says, Something I'm summarizing here, but basically, Mr. Frodo, be careful when you fall asleep. I'll, I'll keep watch, you know, uh, mm-hmm. unless uh, Gollum's uh, slithery hands get get their hands around your neck, you know. And I'm like, mm-hmm. man, what a good description of burnout. That's what it feels like. It feels like this thing has been following you, chasing you. And then when it's, once it hits you, it feels like you're getting choked out. Like it feels like a slithery little hands have, have captured you finally. That is such a good illustration. Also, I love it when you when you expose your inner nerd. That's so fun for me. 
I'm like, when Joel exposes his inner nerd, that's the absolute best. Uh, there's so many people. There's so many people tracking with you right now. I mean, Lord of the Rings, hello, uh, you know, a classic. But I, I love this illustration. It also reminds me something of Joel that I was talking to my husband about because, so I went on retreat, like a personal retreat, maybe two and a half, three weeks ago. One, I never do this. So for anyone who might be listening, going, must be nice to go on personal retreat. Listen, I haven't gone on personal retreat and I'm not bragging about this. I actually think it's a terrible idea to not go on some type of personal retreat. Honestly, I thought to myself, why have I not taken the time to go on some type of personal retreat? I know we, you know, there's limited funds. There's never time to do it. So I could give you all the reasons I've not done it. But it's it's to the starvation of our soul, right? I mean, you know, Jesus mm-hmm. went to the mountains to pray uh, by himself. You know, there we could we could talk about the reasons for it. But I think there's there's never a good time, right? So anyway, I finally did this. I finally went on personal retreat for a few days, and while I was there, it it, it was the reminder of. The reason why we do this is the solitude and the the lack of the clearing of the calendars, the, the 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 lack of busy schedule, where you can hear from the Lord, where you are actively listening. You know, when we try to fit that in into our daily schedule, it just quite honestly doesn't work as well. Like we fit that mm-hmm. into the cracks and the margins. Not that the Lord obviously wants to speak to us. It's not that we can't hear from him in the cracks and margins. It's not that, you know, while we're walking in the neighborhood, the Lord can't speak to us. I mean, I'm grateful for, you know, bathroom conversations with the Lord, right? Let's be honest. Cause those things <laughs> are, are, are also can also be very profound. But yep. when I was there, one thing that I realized was, my schedule and my life hasn't felt like a lot until it felt like a lot. Now that that's not very profound, Joel, but that's the way that that's what I think we're talking about here. That's the way that I think burnout manifests. That's the way I think our schedules manifest. One time I got this visual in my life when I had a lot of things going on, I felt like that either people were adding backpacks to my back or I was adding backpacks to my back. And I would say like, yeah, just add one more backpack. I got this. I can carry this. This doesn't feel like mm-hmm. I'm at the uh, at capacity. Add another backpack. Yeah, I got that. No, add another one. Yeah, I got it. No, I'm still good. Add another backpack, you know? And if you can visualize someone continuing to add backpacks, right? And suddenly, it, it didn't feel like that much weight was on me until like they got, I got 20 backpacks on and I'm like, this thing's heavy. I actually can't walk yeah. anywhere. And yep. so... You know, I think for me, because I'm a high capacity and I think a lot of people listening are, would consider themselves the same, love to work, uh, really enjoy it and feel like I can juggle a lot. It hasn't felt like a lot to me until it's felt like a lot. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's felt like I had 20 backpacks and I yeah. felt the weight of those backpacks. And so I think this is really important I preach all day long to honor your schedule, to watch what you're doing. I train my interns in a value calendar that I do. 
and I believe in all those things and I do those things for myself. But I guess one of the things I would say, because I, I don't think we should just talk about the problem. I do think we should talk about, Hey, what are some, some helps and potential solutions? I think that we have to know that along the way, it's not going to feel as weighty. And that's why we have to have a, an active plan, i.e. Mm-hmm. those personal retreats, those uh, scheduled in, um, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is that will help keep us calibrated. Also, I really think, Joel, that it is about how we feel about production because the Lord really challenged me a few years ago when I was in a work, making a work decision. And I had, I had a fear, Joel, I had this underlying fear that I was going to lose some momentum in an area that I'd worked really hard in. And, uh, I, I remember I was praying about it and the Lord challenged me with this question. He said, Lisa, do you want to be known as the woman who can produce? Like, do you want that to be your, your, your legacy? Lisa Whittle, the woman who could produce. And I had to stop and think about it, Joel, because maybe for some people that would be a very easy question. But for me, I was like, I don't know. I really like production, you know, but in that moment, it was like, no, I actually don't want that tagline. It's pretty empty. I want to be known as the woman who follows Jesus no matter what. And that means that at some point I will forego production for the sake of production or for the sake of optics, because a lot of times that's what it is to follow Jesus no matter what, even if that means that I break up with some type of production. What do you think about yeah. That whole thing. Um, one of the things I think that's so good, uh, Lisa. One of the things that I think that we have to do is frame this conversation as well with burnout. And this might sound a little bit odd, but I think there is a place that uh, is a natural exhaustion that is part of our human weakness. It's our human condition, right? And and in that, there's something that um, that we're supposed to like. Uh, learn from. J.I. Packer has a great book called Weakness is the Way. And, and he makes this, this claim, like the Christian life is the way of weakness. That's, that's exactly what Jesus invites us to. The problem is that I think that when we come to burnout and then this discussion, like you're talking about production, I think what you're hitting on is this, the issue of misaimed desires. The problem is that when burnout becomes debilitating in our lives, it's because we've actually figured out at some point that we've gone from doing the work of ministry and the honest, pure ambition that the Lord has placed on us for the advancement of the kingdom, the glorification of the of the gospel. Um, all of a sudden, and I, I don't think this is just like we make some intentional decision one day, right? I think this is a slow and steady, subtle, deceitful kind of thing that happens in our hearts where all of a sudden sudden we find ourselves producing but that production is not kingdom production it's actually personal platform production you know and this is the hard part of ministry the hard part of ministry lisa is that we do say things we do read things we do um god does use us weak and uh and um you know vessels that are uh, that are used by God in order to bring about his greatness. And in that, if we allow ourselves to be uh, absorbers of 
that praise absorbers of that um, of that like uh, pursuit, then I think that becomes the source of missing desires that is going to lead us into burnout. Because the problem is, you and I were never ever meant to absorb the glory of humanity, absorb the praise of others, and so when that becomes our ambition. And now our production is aimed towards that. And it's this slow and steady over the course of many years. Then all of a sudden, yeah, we're, we're in a serious level of burnout and, and we do care about our production because the amount of our production is, is directly correlated to, um, our praise, you know, and our value and our worth. And in that, I know you know this, but in that, the, the, the saddest part of all this is that it's a return to the idolatry of Eden. You know, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a return to an exchange or a, uh, a feeble attempt to remove God as king on his throne. And we were never meant to carry the burden of that. And so on the one hand, I think I would just my encouragement, and this is what I've been trying to live in my own life, is, um, you know, not everything that is possible is what I should be doing. You know, like yeah. just because I can do it doesn't mean that I should do it. Um, and then also just in, in a way to be okay with doors that close. You know, I had this conversation with my mom the other day, and I'm actually tomorrow I'm flying to India and I'll be there for a couple of weeks. And, um, you know, there's some opportunities for speaking and whatever else. And there's one that kind of fell through. And, and my mom was kind of like super frustrated about it. And, and I was just having a really good conversation with her. And at the end of it, I was just like, mom, you know, I really think that we have to just be okay when doors close and know that that's for our greater good and that God is protecting us from something. But I think the problem with production and the problem with ambition, misaimed ambition is I'm going to go in there and figure out a way to make that bad boy happen. Right. Mm. And if I make it happen of my own accord of my own will and my own power, I think these are the, you talked about a backpack. I think these are the additional backpacks that we're putting on, on ourselves because we're doing an exchange of yokes and we're actually refusing to do an exchange with, with the yoke that Jesus gives us. And we're taking on our own yoke that is unbearable. And we're adding on to that yoke the weight of others, which is truly a disaster waiting to happen. Being in ministry over the last couple of years has been uniquely challenging. Maybe the online church takeover that was necessary during the pandemic has left you weary and discouraged now as a ministry leader. I hear you. In fact, recent research found that getting people in the door on Sunday often doesn't lead people to take the next step. For those reasons, I'm excited to introduce you to the Apollos Project. Apollos apps equip churches with discipleship tools and spiritual habits to strengthen relationships within our community and ultimately with Jesus. Apollos is offering a discount for listeners of Ministry Strong, up to 40% off when you bundle multiple Apollos platforms. Let's explore the future of the church together. Learn more at apollos.app slash ministry strong. That's A-P-O-L-L-O-S dot A-P-P slash ministry strong. As a leader, do you ever feel like there's not enough of you to go around? Maybe you feel alone or that you're too busy helping others to tend to your own needs. Do you ever wonder who you should talk to about your life? If so, I want to tell you about Anchored Hope and the excellent counseling available to you today. 
Anchored Hope brings care and counseling to ministry leaders like you, as well as the people you serve. They offer convenient and confidential virtual counseling with professionally trained and theologically educated counselors. Choose a counselor based on a specific issue or contact the Anchored Hope team to ask for a recommendation based on your needs or partner with them as a ministry and utilize their services as a helpful extension of your team. As a shepherd and leader, you have to have a place you can trust for your own help and healing. To explore counselors and schedule your first session, visit anchoredhope.co. If you use code MINISTRYSTRONG at sign up, you'll get 10% off all your sessions through 2023. Again, that's anchoredhope.co. And don't forget to use code MINISTRYSTRONG when you register. Leadership can feel lonely, but it doesn't have to be that way. Jenny Katrin and the Foresight Group offer a women in leadership online coaching group designed specifically to help female leaders find confidence, clarity, and community. Women in Leadership is a four-month virtual experience with mastermind groups and live instruction from highly successful female leaders like Deanne Turner, Allie Worthington, Joe Saxton, and more. This is the perfect opportunity to invest in your leadership so you can lead others better. The next group begins in June. Sign up today at getforesight.com slash ministry strong. That's get the number four S-I-G-H-T dot com slash ministry strong. Use code ministry strong 10 for 10% off. Churches are full of hurting people and pastors spend a lot of their time helping hurting people get better. But who is helping our pastoral leaders heal from their own hurts, anxieties, and struggles? When these hurts aren't healed, how do they affect their ministry? Right now, Media partnered with best-selling author and psychologist Dr. Henry Cloud to answer these questions. A Church That Heals is a free video series that Right Now Media designed to encourage church leaders in their own process of healing. Taught by Dr. Henry Cloud, a Church That Heals explores how spiritual growth and formation can lead to healing clinical issues, relational struggles, and professional discouragement. In this series, Dr. Cloud shares how leaders who are healed can better lead churches that heal. To access this free five-session video series, visit rightnowmedia.org slash ministrystrong. That's rightnowmedia.org slash ministrystrong. Yeah, I've got so many thoughts. Gosh, Joel, that's so good. I was, um, you brought up a good point that I wanted to, to like just simmer in for just a minute because I think this is a really important thing to talk about. You were talking about sort of the difference between um, exhaustion because we're, we're seeking this like glory and production for ourselves. And then sort of this, this natural tiredness, for lack of a better word. I would call it the beauty of human frailty. Beauty of human frailty is so good. I was going to say even like, like is emptying, emptying of yourself, right? So it's like an yeah. output and emptying the beauty of human frailty, all of that. It's sort of like this natural, um, just an, a natural emptying, right? That you, that, that results in you feeling empty in a way that isn't wearying. I don't even know how to put that into words. It's obvious, obviously this is clunky, but, but I think people can track with what I'm saying. 
it, it's it's this feeling of being used for the kingdom of God and the gospel where you are, you know that you have, you've worked, like, you know that you put in the work, the good work, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you are not facing that like level of exhaustion because it's, it's a different, it's a different output. Like it comes from a different place. And so there's times that I'm, you know, that I'm doing the work of the Lord, right? And, and I'm tired and I'm ready to go home, but I also feel very fulfilled and filled up in my spirit. And so I do think there's something that we need to, we need to just say, and that is, you know, the life of, of, of living for the kingdom of God, the life of giving our life to Jesus and saying, you can do whatever with my life and whatever with my gifts that you want should not be a life that feels full of our own self. We we shouldn't feel self-indulged. We shouldn't feel like, well, I I'm just over here gathering. I'm gathering all the sleep. I'm gathering all the, you know, so it it is a it is a death to self life. But it, mm-hmm. if you if it's done in the right way, not, you know, not over here where we're um you know, trying to gather approval or we're trying to prove our worth as a Christian or as a person or any of those things, but we're doing it in, in right order and um, with right mindset and, you know, all of those things, then it will be a right emptying. And so mm-hmm. I think there's, there's, a, you know, an importance there. You know, I was talking to someone who's, who does foster care and she was saying that, you know, a lot of people will say to her, oh, I, I, I just can't do that because that is so heart wrenching to do that. And she said, you know, I know that I'm doing it right when there are tears and there are, and I am, my heart is, is, is broken because I know that I have given all to this child. I know that I have done mm-hmm. my gospel due diligence and I think that's really important. We are not here to avoid pain in this life. We are not mm-hmm. called to minister and, you know, gather up for ourselves, you know, um, all the all the perks of being an influencer. That's not what it's about. And so I think that's a really important point. Perhaps we are so weary because we're 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 pouring from the, the wrong place <laughs> and. Yeah. Yeah. And we're pouring into the wrong, the wrong place in our life. And so when you pour in and out of the wrong place, that also happens. I'm sure you have some thoughts on that. I can hear, I can hear, I've learned Joel's sort of like, yes, I want to say something. So go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I mean, I'm thinking of second Corinthians 12, nine. I'm working on this for um, the book project I'm on, but it's, um, you know, Paul says, um, my grace is sufficient for you. Um, for my power is made perfect uh, in weakness, you know, and then he goes on and says, therefore, I'm going to boast all the more about my weakness. And you just sit back and you just wonder, like, like, why, you know, in a, in a culture that um, both the Greco-Roman culture and our culture today that wants us to run away from weakness at all costs. Why, why would Paul want us to see the beauty that is found in weakness and I think it's because Paul is saying when we participate in an awareness of our weakness, 
we're actually participating in the life of Christ that is sanctifying us and teaching us to trust in a power that is beyond ourselves. And so there's this healthy aspect of what you just said of, of acknowledging it. And I think, Lisa, like when I talk to my friends in ministry now, one of the things that I have become more aware of is how I feel like, and you, you tell me if this is true in your, in your spaces or not. We share like pretty much all the same spaces at this point. Yeah. In time. But I feel like more, more of us are like, we're kind of okay to just be like, you know, like, no, nah, I'm not good. Like I'm tired. You know, I actually, our yeah. conversation today started and you asked me and I was like, yeah, I'm not that great. And I've got some stuff going on. And I think that's kind of what Paul's doing. You know, he's saying the boasting isn't braggadocious. It's not sitting at the top of the hilltop of being like shouting, look how weak I am. Look how worthless I am. Look, you know, it's, it's not that. It's more of just like an acknowledgement of the beauty of human frailty that, that says like, I am in need of someone so much bigger than I, because when we do see ministry uh, momentum, when we do see how God uses such small things in the economy of his kingdom, we're forced not to glorify ourselves, but to marvel at who Jesus is and what he's done. And then like, I go back to the life of Jesus and I just think, you know, this is like a theological like idea. And, and often in Christology, we don't talk about this, but like Jesus was human. He was both a hundred percent human and a hundred percent God. I don't know that I'd go so far to say that Jesus experienced burnout, but I would say that Jesus and his humanity absolutely experienced exhaustion. I think this is why it was necessary for him to have a regular pattern of withdrawal from yeah. honestly these knuckleheads who he was doing ministry with, you know, yeah. I, I talked the other day at an uh, event, Lisa, and um, I, I joke, one of my friends here at ministry, um, they'll text me every now and then and they'll say, but Moses didn't get to go to the promised land. Like that just feels so unfair that Moses didn't get to go to the promised land. And I'll usually respond and say, well, the, there's this beautiful moment, I call it a redemptive reversal, where Jesus is on the, on the Mount of Transfiguration and his bot, like his, his self, it changes, it transfigures the full glory of his divinity. And who shows up on that mountain? Elijah and Moses. And Moses actually not in his earthly life, but in, uh, in a sense, eternity past, like he shows up in the promised land. And I just wonder like, why was it so important for Moses to be one of the people and Elijah to be one of the people? This is my claim. I don't know if this is true or not, but I have a suspicion if there is, if there are going to be two people in biblical history that can relate to and empathize with Jesus's exhaustion with the people who are stiff necked and stubborn, it's Moses and Elijah. <laughs> so yeah. I kind of, I kind of see that conversation at the top of the mountaintop being like Moses being like, been there, done it, bro. I feel ya. You know, yes. like it's hard. Yeah. Ministry's hard, man. You know, and I think there's this holy moment on top of the of the hilltop that is just actually pretty human in one sense, but it's packaged in this divinity. Yeah, that's so true. You were talking about how when you were asking me, you know, is this something I've experienced too, where we're we're all kind of being a little bit more honest and forthcoming as leaders, at least in your circle. And, and, and I think that's definitely true. But I will say it with a little bit of a caveat. I think we're doing it with each other more because there's a safety amongst each other. But what I think we need to go to a deeper level of modeling it in in other spaces in front of people whom we might influence because that's the mm-hmm. harder thing, Joel. And I, I, I don't, I don't suggest we do that with everybody. I think we have the safe spaces. This is where sort of boundaries would come in, but I do feel like 
if we can't model that for people that we influence, then, then that's great that we can be honest with each other. And again, there's levels to this, but one of the things I think we do is we're honest with each other, but we still put on to some degree in front of other folks. And Mm -hmm. that, I think that still makes us feel that we're performing to a degree. And so I would love to see us break down those walls even more. And so even in the last few minutes that we've got together, I, you know, let's, let's model some just personal transparency here and bring in boundaries a little bit. Because I had this thought to myself, this actually this morning, this was a thought that I had because I had an opportunity this week that was a fantastic opportunity. Okay. So I got a call yesterday. Someone wanted me to, to fly out to California this week for a, for an opportunity that just came up. Now, let me just tell you this. I have been to California three times in the last four weeks and next weekend I fly back to California. Okay. So I live on the East coast for anybody who might not know. And that coast to coast flight can really do you in. Plus I've been on the road now. I just got back Sunday night after being on the road for nine days. I'm tired, Joel. I have made a promise to not only the Lord, but to myself or maybe I should put that in reverse order to not only myself, but the Lord, more importantly, that, that I would, would be boundaried in, in my responses and saying no to some things. But this opportunity came up this week. And when I tell you, this is something that I've wanted to do for a while. It is something that I've wanted to do for a while. And I finally got asked. Okay. But I looked at my calendar. Okay. So I considered it. I looked at my calendar. I would have had to move 19 things on my calendar in order to do it. Okay. 19, but I considered it (laughs) and I was, I was trying to make it work. And I literally had this thought. I don't want to say it was from the Lord. Maybe it was, maybe it was just a thought I had to myself because the Holy Spirit lives inside, lives inside me and is, you know, guiding me with wisdom. I don't know, but I had this thought. How, how long are you going to make promises to your, break promises to yourself? And I, I, here's what I thought to myself, you know, boundaries are, are really just as much about promises that you keep to yourself as they are permission that you give to others. Because here's the thing, Joel, I could give permission to, to, to others, to, to I can, it's permission, the yes, right? But it's really like, Lisa, are you going to break this promise to yourself that you would rest this week, that you would be at home this week, that you wouldn't get on another plane and put your body through that sort of like dehydration process that you're doing every time you fly coast to coast, right? And I said no to it, proud of myself, because I really wanted to say yes. Um, I don't know if the opportunity will arise again, but if it doesn't, it doesn't. But I've also dealt with this with even like book endorsements. I made a promise at the beginning of the year I would only do five book endorsements a year. Well, by I think the beginning of February, we had met that quota. And you know how many no's I've had to say since then? And it's it's really, you know, to friends, really good friends. But I don't want to break that promise to myself. And so I guess I want to ask you, Joel, even as we sort of just get a little vulnerable here as we close our time together, 
What promises have you broken to yourself that have resulted in a broken boundary as a leader? <laughs> I mean, really what I should do is go next door and grab Brett, my wife, and bring her in here and she can just <laughs> go ahead and, and let let the world know, you know, the um the or chaos what promises that is have you kept? Of my brain. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I'll I'll go I'll go with I'll go with a couple. I think one of them is that um I've got this, one of the boundaries is I've got the do not disturb kind of thing on my phone that it comes on at a specific time, you know? And um, so the interesting thing is that, the, that boundary, it's a barrier for me, but it's something that is very easily over overcome. Like I can, you know, and I've got a crazy week. I've had a, a the last two weeks have been pretty busy with, I don't travel nearly as much um, as other friends in ministry do, but this week and last couple weeks have been a little bit busy. And so, um, and I'm, I'm stressed out that I'm going to miss something, you know, or an important thing the next day. And so I found myself yesterday, I was supposed to be sitting down and Britt and I were just going to hang out. And um, I looked down and it has that little uh, moon, do not disturb sign. And I know all I have to do is, is tap that button. unclick the do not disturb all my notifications will pop up really quick i can scroll through them really quick and then i can turn my do not disturb back on right and the problem with that is the minute that i break that promise to my wife and to myself about that it is impossible lisa for my brain not to be like so caught up in all of those things that I'm like a non-functioning human being for the next 30 to 45 minutes, which when you have four kids and pack all this stuff, which I think everybody listening can, can uh, like agree to and, and attest to 40, 30, 45 minutes is, is important, you know, and you miss that. That's, that's really hard. Um, and then there'll be a, another one that I feel like I have tried to do a little bit better at, which is, a lot of people will come to me at times. Um, on Tuesdays, I do this thing on Instagram called Theology Talk Tuesday. Today is actually Theology Talk Tuesday, and what and I and people ask me all some of the like the other day last week. I got um, can you explain very variegated atonement theories, right? <laughs> like what? Better and, you than me, <laughs> um, right? And so I, I've had to say like, hey, I got to research this, you know, because it's easy for me to like do my study, put together a nice little Instagram post, throw it in their stories. And everybody's like, wow, he just yeah. like replied to that. Like it was like nothing. And I know I want people to know behind the scenes, like I don't know the various uh, atonement theories and how the new perspective deals with Christus Victor and all this other, like, like I, I, I have to study it, you know? Yeah. And so it's an yeah. acknowledgement of my weakness. And there's other times where people ask me questions and this has been hard for a three on the Enneagram that wants to please everybody and be liked by everybody. They'll say, you know, what do you think about like, it's usually around apologetics. And I'll say, that's not my area of specialty. You know, and so I'm going to point them to Sean McDowell or Josh McDowell or um, the late great Norm Geisler. And and that is an acknowledgement of my limits. You know, I was not trained in that area just because I took a couple seminary classes doesn't give me the ability to speak into those areas the way that I know others have spent their entire life training on. The deceitful part of my heart, though, could be, well, I know how to research. That's what a PhD does. It teaches you how to research so I can quickly come up with an answer, you know, and give it to you. Um, and so I've been having to keep those boundaries in myself of saying like, this is where I feel like I know 
the spaces that um, I've trained and that God has given me some wisdom in and some experience, but I have to be so willing and quick to acknowledge my weakness, my inability, and point people to the right places where they can get that, get that information. And so um, I would say those are just two things that, um, that I think is important. And I think what you said earlier, just in terms of just the everyday life, one of the things, again, is like, just with my children, you know, like confessing my weakness to my kids, confessing my sin to my kids when I sin against them. Like, man, I'm sorry, dad got too angry. Like I yelled, I shouldn't have responded that way. I've had a, you know, like all of those things. That's, that's, that's a, an, an acknowledgement of my weakness. And I want my children to know me, um, not as a dad who lives one way at home and a different thing, um, on Instagram or on stage, whatever it might be. Like, I just want them to see, um, an honesty, you know, that goes across all these different spaces. And so that's a boundary that I have is like, and my wife holds me to it. If I sin against my kids, I'm going to confess and repent to them. Mm. So, so good. I tell you what, um, you know, burnout is real, but boundaries are possible with the help of God. And I really do believe that a, a big correlation, Joel, between the way that we are so burnt out, so wanting to quit, ties back into boundaries with other people, yes, but even the way that we view them. And so I, I would just challenge us listening to consider boundaries, promises that we break to ourselves, promises that we break to the Lord, which is the far more important promise that that you need to keep, um, that, that you said, Hey, this is the, this is the standard that I'm going to have for my health. This is the standard I'm going to have for my work life. This is the standard I'm going to have for my family life. And, um, look at it more as, boy, I want to honor that. And I don't want to break that, that promise. And I, I think if we would look at it that way, we'd have a lot easier time Uh, with our boundaries because the boundaries would already be factored in. Ministry Strong is a production of Ivy Media Podcasts, produced and edited by Angie Elkins. Artwork by Caleb Peavy and Noel Rhodes. Original music by Robert Elkins. A special thanks to my Ministry Strong team. Thank you for your dedication and hard work. Your hosts of Season 1 are Lisa Whittle and Dr. Joel Matamale. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get strong in him.